Welcome to Devon Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Luschak. I'm here with Sherice Bird. Welcome. Thank you. Now, I'm hoping I get your name pronounced correctly. Uh, yeah, it's um, Sherice Bird. Mm-hmm. Now, you have the children's book, ABC, What Kind of Nurse Can You Be? Where did you get the inspiration to write this? I got the inspiration to write this. Um, I'm a, I graduated from nursing school, and my mother's a nurse, and my great-grandmother was a nurse. And so I work currently in healthcare IT, but I thought it would be um, a good opportunity to educate kids on the different career paths of nursing. And so it kind of came together the end of last year um, where I kind of came up with the idea for the book. Well, that's awesome because when we think about nursing, you don't think of it as there's different career paths within nursing. Correct. Yeah, a lot of people, um, I think when they think of nursing, they think either nurses just work on um, a regular inpatient floor or that nurses just work in the nursing home. But I don't think everyone um, understands that they can work in several different career paths as well. Right, and then you have the SNA, SCNAs, the uh, RNs, the LPNs. My great aunt was a nurse back during the TB ep- ep- epidemic. Oh, wow, okay. So it's changed a lot since then, but at the same time, it's all evolved. Oh, absolutely, yes. So... I know your family's in it. It, Was it just to follow in your family's footsteps into nursing, or did you have a pull, a desire to go into nursing? So it was kind of a little bit of both. Um, I've always loved the field of medicine, and I've always wanted to um, learn and explore. And so a lot of it would be that I would kind of shadow my mom sometimes at work. She was an OR nurse. And so I would sometimes go into shadow and um, be able to observe different surgeries and things. And so I kind of took an interest then. And then also I did a um, a med camp kind of thing when I was in middle school to where we had um, stayed on campus at a program that had a um, medical school and kind of mimicked what it would be like if you were a physician and kind of went over some of the different um, specialties in healthcare and so forth of what different roles everybody did. And so I've always kind of took that interest with me and I've always wanted to learn more and explore and um, do different things in the medical profession. Awesome. Now, we have this wonderful book out. Are you planning another book or where's this going from here? I plan on doing more books, uh, more books related to healthcare and healthcare IT that are educating kids. And also, I'm toying with the idea of also doing a coloring book. I'm still kind of evaluating that, but I might also do a coloring book with it as well to kind of um, have as an activity for kids to do. Well, that would be awesome to have the even the coloring books as coloring pages and put it onto your website. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I talked to many authors throughout the years 
Some have coloring pages just for an activity. Some have word searches and other things for the children on their website, especially when they're a children's author relating to whatever the book is. Yeah, because I think it kind of ties it in together, and then also the kids can kind of remember the characters or remember different objects that was associated with the book and things and kind of use that as well as part of their inspiration as they're coloring and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, kids learn a lot by, let's see, between three and six, kids learn a lot of information. So if you have that positive information in the medical field, as an example, and you've given them coloring pages for the medical field. Now they're remembering, and we can have real heal healers and heroes in the next 20 years. Right, because it's actually kind of planting the seed a little bit earlier for them because mm-hmm. now they're learning at an earlier age a little bit more in depth about specific career paths versus maybe kind of having a few ideas in general of what they want to be but still not sure exactly, but having that foundation of knowing something like for nursing is an example that there are several different career paths and um, it's not always just in the hospital or in the nursing home setting that they can then have that interest and then want to explore it more and want to learn more about the different areas in that um, profession. Right. I mean, that's kind of what your mom did when you shadowing, but you were a little bit older then. You weren't six years old, per se. Correct. But when we do a kindergarten, first, second grade area, that's what this book is mostly for. You're targeting right. the inspiration now. There would be like Correct. them watching oh, what's popular on kids' shows right now, uh, Dora the Explorer. Right. <laughs> You're teaching yeah. them something educational and fun and planting the seed for them to surpass what you're doing in your career right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, because I wish books like this were available when I was younger, too, (laughs) of just kind of providing a little bit more information and education on different career paths and so forth. So I definitely think um, within that young age group to where they're still learning different things, they Mm -hmm. can also have an idea kind of of different career paths that they might um, develop an interest in even at a younger age and want to pursue it. Right. It does. Well, we're talking about your books, but I mean, we need more educational for career paths. Educational. Let's see, medical. We need computer. All these different high demand careers that in twenty years we're going to need. We need to start teaching the kids at kindergarten. Yes, I agree, because even within the next couple of years, a lot of the careers that you had mentioned in both medical and IT and so forth is mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to be retiring even within the next few years. Mm-hmm. So even to have that earlier for even children to have an interest into it by the time that they get older and also maybe do some shadowing or maybe some internships as well, mm-hmm. then they, as they get older, they'll be able to kind of get a feel for what that career path is like, and then go to school and pursue it. Right. I think, I don't want to use China as an example, but they have one of the best education systems because they start 
early, teaching mm-hmm. kids the career path. Right. I mean, the sciences and the math in China is spot on compared to what we have, but they start teaching the career path starting in kindergarten. Well, equivalent to kindergarten, let's put it that way. Right. This is something we need to implement at home, but we also need to implement in our school system. Yeah, I agree. Because I think it's also, it makes it fun, too, with the different pictures and the kids are learning. So it's very visually appealing and it's also interactive. And then if it's something that's reinforced, for example, um, at the school, whether it is um, an opportunity for a teacher to read it to the class or the kids being interested in the book to want to check it out and read it some more while they're away from the classroom and at home, um, it definitely then is continuing to kind of reinforce that, you know, these are the different things that you can do and we can make it fun and interactive in different ways that you can kind of remember it and then also want to continue to pursue it. Exactly. Be like, okay, we teach Dr. Seuss in kindergarten, okay? We all remember Dr. Seuss. Right. Why? Because it's taught young. So why not trade out one Dr. Seuss book for a career path book? And this is perfect to fit in there. I mean, nothing's wrong with Dr. Seuss, but at the same time, let's actually add not just a story with words and pictures, but a story with words and pictures that actually add educational value. Absolutely. So. And then it's all, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, that it's all, you know, truthful information in terms of what different careers that the child can aspire to be when they grow up as well. And it's like the Dr. Seuss books are great because they also tell a story, but mm-hmm. when you kind of translate that as well into real career path books or real life books to where the kids are also learning that information young as well, it's going to be something that sticks with them, something that's going to be remembered once they get older, just like how we remember the Dr. Seuss books. Right. Now, unfortunately, my daughter's like, 17 right now, so I wish this was around when she was little, because what does she do now? She goes to YouTube. Yeah. She doesn't have the career path because her, well, she does IT and web page design, but at the same time, all her career path stuff is on YouTube. Yeah, and that's the thing I'm noticing, too, with some of the parents that have purchased the book that they've said the same things they wish this this was available when they were younger but then they've also gotten a lot out of the book too because then there was different careers about nursing that they didn't know about as well Mm -hmm. so it's good for them when they're interacting with their kids and reading it to their kids or their kids pointing out you know certain letters or certain words and so forth that are in the book that they can kind of associate with the pictures but they also wish that it was something that they knew about, too, because then they're like, well, had I known this when I was younger, I might have pursued this, you know, career path. Well, here's the thing. Here's the beauty about nursing. You don't have to do it when you're 20. You can do it when you're 40. Absolutely. Yeah, you can enter a career of nursing right now. There's nothing stopping you. Right. 
So as we teach our children, it might inspire a parent to go start nursing school. I agree, absolutely. I mean, how many uh, positions in nursing are available right now? I mean, you just have to search your area. I'm constantly, yeah, I constantly see for STNAs, LPs, and RNs being advertised for hiring constantly. Right. It's a high-demand job, and I commemorate everyone that does it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because it definitely takes um, a certain sacrifice as well that you're um, putting yourself out there on the front line to take care of patients, and not just the patients, also that you're also um, providing information and interacting with the families as well and trying to keep their spirits up for their loved ones who are sick. And it can be a lot of hours depending on what area of healthcare that you're working in. And, um, and even sometimes you may have to also work, you know, night shifts, holidays, weekends, and that would typically be times where you do have that downtime to um, be at home with your family and, and have time to do other activities. So it is um, a lot involved and a lot, it takes a lot of um, discipline and caring and nurturing um, as well as teaching and a lot of different ways that um, the field has been also really rewarding too. Um, mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. Right. It, it's such an awarding, awarding job to do. It's not something I can do. Personally, it's not, I'm not cut up for the work. I'm a people right. person, but I'm not a be away from my family. I am selfish. I write. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say it on air. I, I cannot be a nurse. I'm not cut up for it. I don't have that skill of comforting when I need to do do blood draws and stuff. That it's just not me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> it takes a special skill to be able to do blood draws. Mm-hmm. And most nurses learn how to do it. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, there's so much information that they do. It's bedside manner. It's customer service. It's you don't think about it as just a job. There's like a nurse does 20 jobs if you actually sit down and watch them for a day. Right, yeah. She does a little bit of everything, you know, in that 8, 10, 12-hour shift um, from start to finish. So it's a lot more than just, um, you know, giving patient medications or um, that sort of thing. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of you know, different assessments, making sure that their vital signs are stable, um, making sure that whatever referrals, um, whether it's for physical therapy or any testing that needs to be done associated with their um, disease process that they're in the hospital for, that all of that is being evaluated and taken care of, making sure that you may have to work with social work to ensure if there's ongoing um activities or rehab or things after the patient's in the hospital that that's being taken care of as well, and also a lot of education and teaching in between um, as well so that the patient is of optimal health to eventually be discharged from the hospital. 
See that that's right there. It's that's just one patient. Now the typical nurse has ten to twenty patients in a day. Right. So do that everything you just said twenty times. Yep. You're exhausted by the time you get home. Oh yeah. Yep. You I are. mean <laughs> <laughs> I have family I have actually have a cousin that's in Pittsburgh. She's a nurse. So I see it. I I understand. I don't understand everything you guys do, but I understand the concepts. And right. even when she's home, she's still trying to educate people about health. Right. Because then that it's way. like you're the expert in the family, too, that if somebody has something going on, then it's like they ask you first, okay, they're like, so what do you think? Do you think I... Um, you know, need to go to the doctor for this, or do you think, do you have an idea of, you know, kind of what these symptoms mean? And so then it's like you're also educating at home too, um, Mm -hmm. also. Exactly. And she does Facebook. I love Facebook. With this virus that's gone around, she'll try to educate people on the virus using Facebook just so they don't have to come in to see her because she would rather everyone stay home. So makes her job easier. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then it's like even now, a lot of people still don't even know just, um, you know, the appropriate masks to wear, the different things to, different precautions to take. So um, there's always, you know, new ways of educating people and new people to educate during this whole pandemic. Um, Because some people just aren't aware or some people um, may not, still be aware of the seriousness of this virus. Or they're deluded in the seriousness. Correct. Or they think that they're not going to get it, or some may not even know that they have it. So it's just a lot of, you know, still educating people, still emphasizing to everyone the importance it is to take certain precautions, to wash your hands, to wear your mask out, to social distance, Um, and be six feet away from others and, um, you know, to really have those precautions in place and then to, you know, still check your temperature um, often too because it presents differently for everyone. Some people may have a fever. Some people may not notice any symptoms but still test positive for it. And Mm -hmm. it's important to know and kind of be aware of, you know, and taking care of your health and taking care of yourself and making sure you're following those guidelines. Exactly. And just because you're running a low-grade temperature, if it's not your normal, like, say me, I, my normal temperature is 94.6. Mm-hmm. At 99, I have a temperature. That's a fever for me. That's, oh, my goodness, I need to get to the hospital. Right. Because that's how I feel. Right. So you need to know your body right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I agree. It's not just educating the masses, but at the same time, you have to know your body. If you you don't know your normal temperature, you're not going to know if you have a temperature or not. You just know you don't feel good. Right. Because the thermometer says, oh, 98.9, that's normal. Well, what's your normal body temperature? Mm Mm-hmm. So just a little education there. (laughs) Right, yeah, 
Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, because I think even my normal is like 97.6. So um, for me, if it's, you know, something significantly more and then I start not to feel well or that sort of thing, you know, it's important for me if I'm outside of my normal range to make sure that I'm taking all of the appropriate precautions as well. See, this is what we do. I mean, as a mother, I know my my child's normal temperature. Why? Because she's autistic, and when she's sick, she can't tell me if she's sick. It's just I don't feel good or eh. <laughs> yeah. So she's constantly getting her temperature taken to begin with. Yeah, definitely. But when you add in things that we need to do right now, and then we educate early, then we have our children monitoring us, which helps right. a lot. Right, because now we're in a time where normally the kid is spending, you know, anywhere from four, six to eight hours in, you know, the school, and then plus whatever after-school activities or sports or interaction with their friends, now that you know, temporarily has been, um, you know, not something that they're doing at the moment and having to now learn at home through virtual classroom, um, working more so independently at home versus they might, you know, be interactive in a study group at school or working with a partner on something, whereas now it's a lot more individual focus. And then you're also missing that, interaction with your teachers and interaction with your friends and school counselors and all those people. So, you know, their lifestyle has completely changed as well in addition to just the learning, but just the way that they're learning right now. Exactly. um, And the environment they're in. But now we're in a unique situation because it's child's home. They're interacting 100% with the parent. Okay, even right. if the parent's an essential worker, they're still 100% interacting with the parent. Now they're watching you. They're watching the social cues. They're watching everything we do. And this is a little unnerving when you have more than one child in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because then everybody is going to want to, you know, you know, grab your attention for different things and, and then in addition to observing you and then might pick up some of your habits and, and everything else as mm-hmm. well. Exactly. But this is a great time to teach them a career path because we're seeing what an essential worker is versus the workers that do non-essential work. I'm right. not saying the work's not important, but... Do we need stuff or do we need food? Right. And this, again, reinforces what's important, you know. Is it important for just to have, you know, material items or do you put the emphasis back on, okay, well, what would I need to survive? What um, things do I need in place to survive? I know I need to be healthy. I know I need to have, you know, nourishment. And it's like that reality becomes more and more important um, as the longer that you go through this, because whether you're not feeling well, you know, the, you know, seeing the doctor now is even different. You might have to do a virtual appointment 
or depending on what your symptoms are, it might not even qualify you for a virtual appointment um, compared to patients who are presenting symptoms with um, COVID-19. So it's just things of that nature. And then also even going shopping where you notice that some things might not even be in stock that you need um, Mm -hmm. for groceries even. Even if you pick up the groceries, sometimes by the time you pick it up, um, the grocery shopper may say, oh, we were sold out of this by the time that, you know, we had shopped for you. So um, it's just putting different things into perspective um, during this time. That it is. So where can our listeners find you? Um, So they can find me. um, The website that has my book and has the book trailer and links to my different social medias is www.abcnurse.com. Or not, I'm sorry, not www.abcnurse.com, www.abcnurse.org. Um, and also they can find me on social media and on social media, I am at Instagram at ABC nurse with underscore Sharice, C-H-E-R-I-C-E. Um, also I'm on Facebook. Um, you can just search my name, um, Sharice Bird and my author page will come up and, um, also, I'm on Twitter, um, and I'm at ABC Nurse One, and um, those are just a few of the different ways that you're able to locate me. And I also have a Goodreads page too, with just my name, Sharice Bird, and also an author page on Amazon as well. Awesome. See, we authors make it so easy for readers to get a hold of us. It's not even funny. We're on all social media platforms. You can you probably find our email if you look hard enough. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Authors are the greatest for communicating with fans or readers. Because Absolutely. Because <laughs> we want that feedback. We need that feedback so we know what to write about. Absolutely, yes. And if you have questions... Especially if it's an educational book, we're probably in that field somehow. So we will give you more information than what's in the book. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's like the beauty of it too is so many people send you messages and emails and um, feedback. And so it's good to get that because then it also puts things into perspective for the next book or if you want to, you know, make any tweaks or updates to anything as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is what we do every day. Every day we do this. Yeah, it's a full-time job. It it truly is. It's more than just, you know, putting together, you know, the book and brainstorming the book and getting, you know, illustrations if appropriate and editing and then finally publishing it. But then it's like after that you're still working because your ultimate goal is to get the word out there to people. um, Right. The importance of your book. So. Yeah, People don't understand the life of an author. They Everyone thinks we sit around on the beach writing. Yeah, that doesn't right. work. <laughs> Maybe that <laughs> right. works for Stephen King. But uh, that's not the life of most authors. Most authors work a day job. We work right. writing when we can. 
then you have the whole editing and marketing, cover design. They're like 20 jobs just to be an author. Right, exactly. Unless you work for, like, publish with Rock Publishing or Penguin Publishing that does some of that for you. Right. But so. when you're independent and self-publishing, then it relies all on you and you selecting the right people, you following up with the different people, you working with different people um, as far as marketing and promoting. Um, so it is full-time in addition to your day job as well. So. Exactly. So, but this, like I said it before, this book needs to be in schools. I love to see it in doctor's offices or places that cater for children so kids can read it in the waiting rooms. What better place to read a book about nursing than in a doctor's office before you see the doctor? Absolutely. I agree completely. Because, again, it's also reinforcing it. You know, you're seeing examples of it, you know, like you said, in schools, um, and then you're seeing, again, at home when you go to, you know, different places, like maybe the doctor's office or, you know, maybe um, the children's area um, in a hospital um, for different toys and activities for kids to do. So it can be, you know, definitely in different places, you know, outside of the school as well that, you know, kids are going to typically go to or see. So Exactly. It's repetition, repetition, repetition. Children, it takes 10 times for a child to learn something. So how many times you have school, you have home, you have doctor's office. There's three. Now they're seen every day at school, every day at home. Repetition, now they're learning. We don't yeah. learn something the first time. We don't plant right. that seed the first time. Right. Because then even sometimes when you read a book the first time, there might be just only certain things that you're taking away from it or maybe only certain illustrations taken away from it. But then it's like the more you read it, then it's like, oh, now I understand, you know, what's happening on this page. Now it's reinforcing, you know, how cool it is to, you know, be a flight nurse and, you know, kind of having that memory of, you know, what was on that page and being like, wow, that's kind of cool. I might want to, you know, do that. And then the more you read it, learn more and more. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. I mean, basic, that's, hmm. The more we read, I'm guilty of this. I have my favorite books. The more times I read my favorite books, the more I pick up on. Right. Absolutely. It's the same thing with learning something in an educational, fictional book. Right, because you may not always, yeah. Right. Yeah, because even that first time, like you said, you might not get everything that, you know, being addressed that first time, but then the more you read it, the more you pick up on something, the more you learn something new, the more you um, are able then to relate it to something else, um, is part of the learning process and that repetition. Exactly. So it was so nice to get you on the show today, and I thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And as you get more books wrote, reach out to me, and we'll get you back on the show to discuss your new books. That sounds good. I definitely will reach out to you when as more books come out, definitely. Uh, awesome. And everyone, happy reading. Thank you so much. Happy reading, absolutely. Okay, and we're good.
That was awesome. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time. All right. That sounds good. Okay. 